Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for this episode. We're going to talk about a fascinating prospect with an absolutely fantastic guest, Arif Hassan. You can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. He covers the Vikings for zone coverage. He also writes for Optimum Scouting and the Daily Norseman. Arif, how are we doing today? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing. I'm. I'm hanging in there, man. I'm. It's. We're three weeks away from the draft. There was a tweet that, that came out today from an NFL guy that the Jets are going to take Baker Mayfield, and now I need to kind of deal with that for the next three weeks. I'm. I'm hanging in there, though. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk James Daniels, the center from Iowa, today, just to give a quick background of his measurables at the combine. He came in at six three three zero six, which is a good weight for him. I think his wingspan of eighty and a quarter. Arm like the 33 and three quarters, hand size of nine and a half, vertical jump of 30 and a half inches, broad jump of about 108 inches, three cone of 7.29 seconds, 20 yard shuttle 4.4 seconds, and 21 reps on the bench. When you watch James Daniels, what gets you excited about his game? What are some of the things you really like about it? I think it's that he kind of always knows what he needs to do. One of the things that always strikes you, at least on a first watch for an offensive lineman, uh, because I'm not a former offensive line coach, I have to, you know, work to in order to see all the things that I need to see. You know, the things that pop out immediately are the fact that I think nothing pops out immediately. And I think that that's kind of exciting for an offensive line prospect. The first time someone who's not super familiar with the offensive line watches an offensive lineman, it's very easy to get focused on the mistakes, right? It's very easy to, you know, take a look at, you know, what the negative plays are, tally those up and figure that that's kind of you know, the, the shape of the prospect, obviously there's a lot more to it. Uh, you know, you have to break down sort of hand placement technique and uh, football awareness and stuff like that. But the very first thing that pops out is that it takes a while before you can find a mistake from him. And I think that that speaks a lot to football intelligence. One of the most common mistakes you see from college offensive linemen when they're up against, uh, teams that run NFL style defenses, uh, for example, James Daniels uh, game against Michigan state, you can, you can pretty much tell that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't miss those blitzes or stunts uh, that a lot of uh, college linemen will, even good, very good college linemen will. Uh, and his football intelligence translates in a lot of ways. Uh, he's attacking the correct shoulder on zone runs, for example. He knows who who his aiming point needs to be uh, when he's moving up to the second level. He knows how to adjust his aiming point uh, based on how the defense has changed or how his fellow offensive linemen or tight ends are, uh, are, are moving up field. He's very good about that. He knows exactly kind of where he needs to go. That doesn't mean he always hits those aiming points, but uh, he's definitely aware of all the things that he needs to do. Uh, and he's also uh, got a good mix of when to be patient and when to be aggressive, especially in pass protection. Uh, and, and that's always really nice to see because very often you'll see you know, offensive linemen do one or the other, where they're either too patient, they don't know when to attack, or they're too aggressive and that they attack too often. And uh, and good defensive tackles have the ability to take advantage of that. So the very first thing that, that that strikes me about his game is that he's 
very aware of what he needs to do and when he needs to do it. Yeah, he's a very intelligent football player. Kirk Ferentz called Daniels the most NFL-ready center he's ever coached, which is a hell of a compliment coming out of that Iowa system. And he's he's seen a lot of really good linemen. To add on to your intelligence and awareness factor is that he, he's also a very fluid athlete, and he proved this at the Combine. He, I mean, his three-cone and 20-yard were 94th percentile. But when you watch him play, he seems like he's always under control. He plays with a good base. His hands seem to be in the right place. Occasionally, he'll overextend his hands, and he can struggle if he doesn't get his hands on someone first. We'll, we'll talk about that more later. But he seems to be very good in those areas, like technically sound. And you, you mentioned some of the zone blocking stuff. I, I think he could be phenomenal as a zone blocker at the next level. You know, his, his ability to do reach blocks, his ability to seal seal people, to uh, move in space, to kind of do combo blocks and then get to the second level. He does a lot of things athletically that other centers don't have the ability to do. I like that he came at the combine and put on 10 pounds because people were questioning some of his size and strength and ability to handle bull rush. But I think there's a lot of raw tools there. And I don't want to say raw tools just as in like he's a raw player, but just He's a very toolsy guy where I think he's got a lot of things that can make him a very good center in the NFL. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, his movement capability speaks to, to the best of him. You mentioned his uh, his short shuttle and three-cone scores. I've done a lot of uh, athletic testing. Uh, I, I've, I've done a lot of looking into kind of what uh, skills translate for what positions uh, in the NFL. And I was really surprised to see that one of the strongest relationships that uh, you can find at any position uh, is between a player's short shuttle time and their ability to perform at center. Uh, and his short shuttle time, uh, just phenomenal, like uh, 4.4 seconds. Uh, the only faster time I could I could remember is like uh, Jake Brendel's from UCLA. But you know, regardless, you know, whatever it is, it's uh, it's really excellent, and and it showcases the kind of fluidity that he has on the field and his ability to move, uh, and that ability to move, like you said. Uh, is a really really good fit for uh, for for zone style schemes. You know, the first thing I, I think I remember thinking uh, when you know I, I popped on some of his uh, some of his tape and and remembered you know kind of what a short shuttle time was was it'd be a really good fit for a Kyle Shanahan offense. Obviously, you know, they don't need a center anymore, but uh, it, the zone style running is uh, is really kind of where he's going to shine. Um, and uh, and I, and I think that his movement ability uh, is going to be kind of just where he. Uh, where he kind of just that's his calling card yeah I, I mean i agree with you i think basically that's if you watch the tape of james daniels or you just saw his combine stuff that, that would be the first thing that stood out to you and i just want to throw one other thing out there when you you mentioned his awareness and you know oftentimes centers don't won't have someone line up directly over them they're they're doing help blocks they're they they need to kind of read their other offensive linemen to determine where, where they should go and how they should help and, and things along that nature. And I thought he made a lot of really good decisions in that area. There are a couple times on stunts or delayed blitzes where it looked like he might have made bad decisions. But I thought some of the, his guard play was a little bit weaker around him, and that made him – you could read it wrong and think that he was making a mistake. But I, I just wanted to make that point that his awareness and athleticism are two fantastic things. And when you, when you have intelligence and athleticism – you know, and a lot of football technique as well. You're you're often getting a very good player, but no player is perfect, and James Daniels is no ex- exception to that rule. When you watch his game, what what are some of the concerns you have? I think the the same concern that everyone has. Obviously, play strength is is kind of the first thing that comes up, and that's kind of an unusual criticism for an Iowa offensive lineman. They're noted for turning out these just tremendously strong players. They've got an excellent uh, strength and training program, and typically for a player like that. 
you want to, you, you'd be able to say, yeah, well, you know, once he gets into an NFL training program, you know, he'll be able to develop the kind of play strength that he needs. Uh, for a player like him coming out of Iowa or a player coming out of, say, Stanford or Alabama, I don't know how much more play strength you can add that hasn't been added by an already phenomenal strength program. And so he might actually be kind of closer to what his what his eventual NFL play strength is going to be. Now, everybody's body matures. You tend to reach your peak strength around like 27, 28. So it's not as if he's not going to get stronger. Um, but compared to his peers, how strong he is now is about how strong he's probably going to be. Um, you know, if he was coming from, you know, say Central Michigan or something, I'd, I'd have a lot more optimism about his ability to kind of, uh, you know, develop more play strength and, and, and generate that right away. So he's always going to need a little bit of help. And it was kind of frustrating to see that, for once at Iowa, he didn't get as much help as he needed, I think, um, uh, up the center, I think, with his guards. Uh, and so I think you, you put him in a, in a place where he's going to get that kind of help from guards, he's going to flourish. But, you know, if you f- somehow find another NFL team that's willing to, you know, zero tech and, and put a big body right in front of him, uh, he's going to struggle a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that that's going to be an issue going forward. I think also, you know, you talk a lot about his mobility. Sometimes he doesn't always use his mobility. I think in the correct way. Uh, when he's going up to the second level, I kind of mentioned this a little bit before. Uh, he misses his aiming point a lot, um, and he'll get to like the side of a linebacker or something like that. He doesn't quite, you know, hit where he needs to hit when he gets up to the second level, and that's pretty frustrating um, because it's very clear he knows where he needs to go, uh, and he doesn't always get there. Uh, and very often, you'll see, um, you know, even against like North Texas, um, you'll you'll see the the linebacker, the safety is, is supposed to block, you know, end up making the tackle on the play uh, at the second level, and so that would it would be nice to see if you know he could. He could fix that. Um, beyond that, like I think those two are probably the biggest ones. Um, I think uh, I think the line calls were not made by him, but I'm not worried about that being a, a huge issue uh, in terms of kind of understanding the line calls you'll need to make at the next level. Um, but those two are significant enough issues that I think if you just isolated to those two, you'd be fine because I think play strength you can kind of get over but um or not kind of get over it's always going to be a problem um but if you if you're calling Carter's mobility and you do sometimes struggle at aiming at the second level uh it it's like your mobility is getting wasted a lot of times and you know some of these some of these NFL teams are uh, really like kind of the innovative stuff you can do with a pulling center. The Vikings are one of them. Uh, but if you're pulling center who has the ability to move that well, isn't always great at blocking on the run, then you don't really have a use for that mobility, at least in that context. And so with with those two things, um, you know, that would, for example, keep him out of the first round for me. I know I've seen a lot of people put him in the first round. Um, those two things kind of keep him out of the first round, and it kind of inhibits his uh, his versatility. And a lot of people think about, you know, hey, maybe you can switch the center to guard or whatever. Uh, not a lot of people are talking that for him, and, and it makes a lot of sense because uh, that, that strength issue, if he's maxed out, and it sounds like he probably would be, you know, I don't think that, you know, he's going to be a ton of help to a, a center that also maybe potentially uh, doesn't have a ton of play strength. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. Um, you, you basically made the two points that I, that I made. I... I wrote down that he, he misses his aiming point at the second level far too often for a guy that you'd you'd want like you mentioned with his athleticism and ability to move you would think that this would be a huge strength for him so it's disappointing that it's not but if he can develop that area of his game then I, I think that's that's really good and you mentioned there's not a ton of guys in the NFL that are going to consistently line up over center 
kind of playing zero or one tech and and bull rush him but that is something that he really did struggle with I, i'm not sure i can add too much more to exactly what you said because you you laid it out perfectly for what his weaknesses are but when you watch his game does he remind you of anyone i've been thinking about this and uh, i actually i can't get weston richburg out of my head and that's probably the the ceiling right because richburg is one of the best centers in the nfl right now uh and so i don't want to say you know he's as good as uh richburg um, but I, I think that his game most distinctly reminds me of Richburg. The, uh, the toughness and awareness uh, and mobility are all there. Uh, some of the issues with play strength are all there. Uh, Richburg is a little bit better at the second level, and he was a little bit better at the second level coming out. Um, but I think that that's uh, probably the easiest comp to make that people might recognize. Uh, and I think that also represents kind of his ceiling as a prospect, which is a pretty phenomenal ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. And didn't he just sign with the 49ers as well, which and you, yeah. you started this podcast off by saying that playing in the Kyle Shanahan system would be perfect for him. So th- that makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure I can beat your comp in terms of accuracy. Uh, just as in terms of an athlete, Jason Kelsey uh, is obviously he's probably the best center in the NFL and he's a phenomenal football player. And I don't want to put James Daniels at that level, but just as an athlete, I think he's got some Jason Kelsey to him. But Kelsey is much better at that second level than... Um, Daniels is so it's it's more of an athletic comparison. Now we we talked about how good he would be in a zone blocking system, and no teams run zone 100 percent of the time. Like he's going to have to do some man blocking as well. But is there a team you would like to see him go to where you think he could have his most success? Yeah, this is a this is a lot of trouble because I think a lot of the teams that do run a, a heavy zone system are also teams that have the center position figured out. And I mentioned also that uh, you know his versatility to to play guard is not great. Uh, and a lot of those teams that have their center position figured out, they may not want to move their center to guard to to accommodate Daniels. So, for example, I think the Vikings would not want to move Pat Elfline to guard. Um, he is a really good fit for what the Vikings do. He'd be perfect with Dalvin Cook. Um, and I, I wouldn't complain, honestly, you know, if you've got Elfline at guard and, uh, and Daniels at center. But I think that's maybe not the greatest use of resources. But you take a look at those teams. You know, the 49ers signed Western Richburg. The Packers probably really happy with Corey Lindsley, although he probably can switch to guard, so maybe he's a good fit there. Uh, I'm, I imagine the Broncos are pretty happy uh, with Paradis. It, it, it's tough. There's a lot of teams that that can use him if they didn't already have kind of a center. I think maybe the best place for him, uh, if the Packers didn't have other needs that took priority, would probably be Green Bay. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if a team you know decided, hey, we do have the ability to kind of improve a player's strength uh, we'll take him and sit him behind our center, or we've got you know a center who's going to retire soon. Maybe the Eagles, for example, um, who's going to retire soon, uh, and we want to kind of maintain the the fluidity of our running game. So we'll just sit him behind him for a year uh, and and let him go. Uh, so I was thinking about a team fit for him, and it really is difficult, right? The teams that need offensive linemen are typically needs are teams that either need guards or teams that need power uh, offensive linemen, like the Panthers, for example. If he, not that great there. It, it, it's tough. I can't think of a team off the top of my head that it's it's a perfect fit. I can think of a lot of teams where it's a decent fit. I'm going to throw out one, and I'm, I'm curious as to what you think of it. Uh, the Chicago Bears. Now, this is assuming that they keep Cody Whitehair at guard, you know, because he's played center and guard, and that they miss on Quentin Nelson at eight overall. But if, if you put him next to uh, Long and Whitehair, they ran a ton of zone last year. Obviously, they have Nagy coming in, and they have, why am I blanking on the Oregon coach's name as the offensive coordinator? Uh, Helfrick. Helfrick. And they ran a ton of zone at Oregon. 
And I, I think that playing between those two guards could do him a lot of good. And they could get him in the, the top end of the second round, which is probably pretty good value for his skill set as well. That's actually that's a really good one. I wish I'd have that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, no. That, that's a really good fit. Of course, like you're right that it does kind of depend on on how they feel about white hair. But I do think that white hair kind of flips out to guard a little bit better than and and he did play well last year despite kind of a lot of Chicago not playing as well. Yeah, no, that 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 is a really good fit, and it does give you kind of gives you kind of an inverse versatility, right? Because if Daniels goes down, then Whitehair can go to center, no problem. Um, yeah, no, that's that's and, and it does fit kind of the area of the draft that you think you should go in. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of one of those. It slots right in there, so it's, it's probably not going to happen then. Exactly right. It makes too much sense. Therefore, cross it out. No way it happens. I just want to thank you for joining the podcast, man. This was fantastic. I I, I love your work. Uh, you're, you're you're always doing a ton of stuff you're super fun to interact with on twitter why don't you tell the people kind of what you're working on and where they can find it yeah sure uh, thanks for having me on um so you can find me on twitter at arif hassan nfl uh, my name's a little unusual so it's a-r-i-f-h-a-s-a-n nfl uh and what i'm working on right now so uh, my co-workers uh, sam ekstrom and luke spinman or inman his twitter handle spinman uh, are working on a uh, on a draft guide uh, for Vikings fans specifically, where we break down sort of the top forty players, top five players at each position, uh, and some Vikings specific targets. We'll have a lot of analytics. You know, I talked a lot about the athletic testing I do. Um, there's going to be a lot of that in there, uh, and uh, we're going to have you know video breakdowns from Luke, some biographical information from Sam. It's going to be great. Yeah, awesome. I, I'm going to want to check that out, even though I'm not a Vikings fan. You know, you guys took the quarterback I wanted in Kirk Cousins, and you guys are going to be a super fun team to watch. So I'm, I'm looking forward to check that out, guys. Make sure you check that as well. Um, again, he's Arif Hassan. You can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. I'm Elliot Chris, your host of the Draft Daily Podcast, as always. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. As always, guys, we really appreciate listening. Thank you. Life lined up on the mirror, don't blow it.